0: Two, three, four. have you weight
1: training? I have. Yeah. Very much. More than you can well, probably not more than you can imagine, but yeah, yeah it's felt it's felt good physically, uh, but obviously psychologically it has been the big win.
0: Yeah. Um, that's yeah. so good, man. Like and yeah, you're smashing some good sessions already and you and your fitness is returning. It's when you when you return to training, it's like it's like, oh I, I've missed you. Where have you been? it's almost like a partner, you know, like
1: yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Fucking absolutely. And it's like how could I ever, ever even let it cross my mind to not be training? What the fuck was I thinking of? So yeah, it, it's good, mate. It's well, It's great. Yeah, it's great
0: yeah no oh good um i've got new um I, I i get creative with this session ideas and stuff now and i'm yeah you, you did the one that my wife constructed which was pretty good <laughs> and then yeah you,
1: yeah thanks kate
0: yeah the uh, training a uh, um is it the marsden approach it's because she, she's the kate marsden marsden. Approach. yeah it's good it was she yeah, came yeah. With it. it sounds like a like a real like a medical procedure or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, brace yourself, Mr. Durnall. We're going to be giving you the Marsden approach. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday's session. That'll be good to get back on the trails and back on the hills.
0: The Killian. Uh, but yeah. what I'm
1: going, yeah. But what I'm going to do is, you know, I've got is it eight k of power hiking, nice zone two, and then you put down, I think, four lots of one k's at sub five minute paces
0: on on the flat what i'm going to yeah
1: i'm not i'm not going to do it on the flat okay <laughs> because there's the there's a loop around the hill you'll recognize it from yeah. done. god knows how many times before that is undulating it has its pretty steep bits but i thought just hope it fuck it yeah I, I am just gonna fucking go i'm gonna match that pace as much as i can yeah. on the trails up and down through the mud and I know at the end of it, I'm going to be absolutely fucking buggered, but I've got that two K easy flat cool down. I just thought, fuck yeah.
0: it. It's only fuck four. It. Of, I, I want yeah. to go hard. Four by one threshold. And you're only getting a yeah. three minute jog. And so if it's over, if you're doing it, as long as it's not like a long climb, you'll be fine. You know, like just, a, um, no, it's not. yeah, just, so just doing like rolling threshold Hills is really good. Bloody hard. But, um, yeah, yeah you might as well um you know it's inspired by the the man himself um Killian yeah, yeah this is how he trains except the scale is a bit different he'll go he'll go and do like <laughs> yeah. maybe 3 or 4 hours going up and down mountains and then he'll drop down onto the flat and then um maybe do 30 30 minutes to an hour running at threshold points. yeah and so that's it's, yeah
1: it, it, Seriously, it's hard to think of a better athlete, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. You know, yeah.
1: especially with, when you look at his race performance last year, when you look at his training, you know, his diversity of training, you know, a load of the schemo stuff that he does, the cross country skiing, he is just a fucking machine.
0: Absolutely. And so I cool. play to him. Yeah. And like yeah. he's just and he's quite what he's doing with his um, company now is quite good environmentally. It's very sound. Like they recycle other people's gear, you know, like other, they'll take other people's and they'll recycle running gear and stuff. And it's so cool, you know, like, um, but yeah. And like, yeah, he's, he's got like, he's got all the the perfect physiology for what he does, you know? And it's like, it's a, it's a perfect uh, example of, Someone who yeah. it's nature, he has perfect the nature for it and the nurture. So he, he was born genetically gifted, but then he was also nurtured in the perfect way. Yeah. You know, to, so just growing up in the mountains. And so, you know, massive, massive quads, um, small upper body, you know, enormous lung capacity, VO2 max in the up, oh, very high. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. um, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's bloody high. But no, he's um he's good.
1: It was great to race with him last year.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Did you yeah, I know. Just just off his just off his shoulder for a bit there.
1: Ah, oh, <sighs> the thing is, mate, I don't want to get in the way. I can't be done with all the paparazzi. Do you know what I mean? It's all the photographers and shit. It's like Killian, Jim, you take it. I'm cool yeah. with that, guys.
0: Yeah, I know. Hmm. But that seems like a perfect place. So we're actually recording the Trail Runners Experience. I'm gonna leave that little conversation in um as part of our soft intro. And then so yeah, we are doing the episode number two of the Toba Donnell Experience. Um lots of people have been asking about this, and so it's um a follow-up to an the episode that we did almost an entire year ago. So it's pretty weird, and a lot has happened in that time. So, on the 20- <laughs> twenty, if you go back you. to the episode that was recorded on the, or was published on the um the twenty fifth of March, twenty twenty two, is episode number seventy five. Go back and listen to that episode first, because you know there's spoilers in this episode, so um they'll miss. It's like a se- watching your favorite series. <laughs> so, welcome yeah, back, well man. Said. So, yeah, so. Thanks, um we are midway through the the or we're coming up to the midway through the journey you know Toby the Toby Donnell experience and um what a year you've had so
1: I don't know. yeah it was good marathon disarm for starters yeah. yeah what a race man what a race
0: yeah because when I spoke to you you were just about to take off for that and I remember um I said something to you about because oh, you, you, were, you were tapering and it was all going quite well. I said something to the effect of, um, oh, well, next week you've got a pretty big week, you'd be running 250 kilometres. And it was the first time you'd heard it in that perspective, like a 250k week, you know, because you don't sort of think about yeah. it as a week of running, which is what it was.
1: <sighs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it's it's it, it, it's a great experience. It's a great experience. And I would say to anybody listening you know, if, if you are, you know, able bodied enough to be able to walk, then seriously to anybody, you can do marathon disarm. It's tough. It is, and I can see why they call it the world's toughest foot race, but it is very, very doable. If you put in the training, you can absolutely run the world's toughest foot race across the Sahara.
0: Yeah. That's, um, why why do you say that?
1: I think you know, it's again and I I think back to the podcast that we did last year, you know, it's not a case of uh bravado. I mean I was really pleased with where I finished and you know, we'll sort of come on to that. And it's I it's more it's it's more the case. It it is just have have faith in your training. Put in the consistency, put in the early mornings. Give the extra level of, th- extra level of thought to the logistics, you know, your personal hygiene, your food, and then just, you know, y- you've got to obviously have some great training blocks in the lead up to it. Yeah. And it is hard. It is, it's hard in every aspect of your life, physically, mentally, logistically, but it is very doable and you just. Get on with it. And, and it, the thing is, it is an amazing experience. And you are, you know, you, you share a bivouac with, you know, seven other people in your, you know, underneath this goat hair canopy, you know, and there's any number, there's probably just over a thousand runners in total. So everybody is in the same boat. You know, even the, even the faster runners, you know, they they are all self-sufficient. You know, they are all sleeping on the desert floor. So it is a it's a great leveler. And yeah. I think for me, you know, there are people there from all walks of life, obviously men and women, you know, uh, ultra runners, some people that just had this as a bucket list. And it's it's a great leveler. You know, I know a you know, there were some people there who were exceptionally wealthy. Uh, and there were some people there who had saved long and hard to, to pay to get to Marathon de The desert doesn't give a damn. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great leveler. Huh. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're running in a $5 Casio or a thousand dollar Fenix, you know, you've, it's, it's still a great. Yeah. It's a great leveler. And that's, awesome. that's, that's, that's one of the, the great things about it.
0: There's nothing, those things aren't going to get you across the line. It's going to be the training and, like, as you say, the attention to detail. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and
1: I mean, the thing is, it's, yeah. Sorry, go on.
0: No, I was just going to say, because you were really meticulous. Obviously, we were really meticulous in the lead up to it, which we talked about in the previous episode. But, um, I think that you had to take it to a whole different level of how meticulous you were because I didn't, something that I would never have thought of is that the hygiene was, it's a major issue, isn't it? over there?
1: Yeah. And, and I think the thing is there's definitely harder running races out there. Yeah, definitely. But when you consider, obviously you're running in the Sahara and you've, you've got a big week, you know, you've got 250 K week. So it's a big run, but, You're self-sufficient apart from rationed water and you're sleeping in a pretty hostile environment. It's What makes it the hardest for me is that there is no margin for error in any part of your week. There's no margin for error with your running. There's no margin for error with your fueling or your hydration. And there's no margin for error with logistics. And when I talk about logistics, I'm thinking things like your personal hygiene, you know, you're brushing your teeth. If you imagine, I, I, I remember, so I, I had my toothbrush and I snapped off most of the handle. And then it's, I, I remember I'd always brush because obviously you can wash as much as you want, but you're washing with your ration water. So the more you wash, the less you have to drink in the Sahara so I remember brushing my teeth like with my head like this so that I I would wash my fingers yeah because imagine normally you know it's like you brush your teeth like this if some water had flowed up your hands and then flowed back down your hand while you're brushing your teeth you're getting crappy water in your mouth so it's it's little things like that.
0: And there's, you know, lots thinking I too diseases little. and stuff in the dirt and soils there, isn't there? Because it's, I guess, it's a third world That's, country. Yeah, it,
1: it is. It is third world or certainly a developing nation. Yeah. The, the thing is, you're just you're just in the desert, and you you are, you know, there's the desert floor, and then there's rugs that you sleep on. Those rugs have, you know, you are advised they have never been cleaned. <laughs> so little things like if if you if you imagine obviously you've got limited rations
0: worst if you drop something on ever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you got that right you know if you imagine you drop something on the floor it's gone yeah do not pick it up
0: yeah because wow. really? you
1: just think what you know so it's things like that but of course you need all the calories you've got so, yeah so it's really been taking so much care about yeah, just your eating and your personal hygiene and going to the bathroom. Which One I've, star. I have seen some sights. <laughs> I've seen some sights that I can never unsee.
0: <laughs> yeah, getting quite animalistic, right. I'm sure, out there. Um, You know, uh, again, it's yeah. a leveller. You know, humans are so sophisticated, but at the end of the day, we're all just animals, you know. Like, we've got all this tech well said. And, and, you know. We all do the same. We all have the same dirty, simple business that we need to do. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well said. I mean, yeah. from a and from a, a running perspective, I mean, the first day, the first couple of days were about, I think, just thirty-two, thirty-five k's, something like that. So not far, but obviously in the Sahara. And I, the I re, the only low point I had was. Uh, the start of the second day where I'd just been through the first checkpoint and Mm -hmm. you just realize, you know, it's, it's very, very beautiful, but that you are, it it just, it just hits you just how unrelenting this is. You know, the sand, the rocky plains, the climbing, you know, it, I just remember like then, you know, bloody hell, this is going to be a hard week. And, and actually then found three of the guys that i was in the bivouac with so ran with them for a while uh and that was when uh we got hit by a sandstorm so we had yeah. two days of two days of sandstorm so at the end of that second day you, we climbed over uh, we, the tip we'd split apart by this point in the middle of the sandstorm and you climb up over a jebel which is like a Great big rocky ridge with a, an epic sand dune down the side. And I, I came down that and got back to the bivouac and everything is just flattened by the sandstorm. I, you know, I, I remember arriving it? back at what, what should have been the bivouac and it's got half the sand dune over it. You know, and you knackered, you know, at the end of the second day. And I just remember thinking, how how, how, how does this work what What do we do now? and you know you dig out your bivouac and you get it you, you know you put it back together as well as you can with the wooden poles, and then you get under it and you know
0: it's <laughs> and hope that there's no yeah, more sandstorms it's,
1: it's, <sighs> yeah and and well, the thing is the sandstorm carried on until the third day,
0: oh. so
1: all through the night there's the sandstorm, and I remember waking up and just having like. Mini dunes on my sleeping bag and against the back of against my back where I've been sleeping, and it's just yeah. like, oh man, this is you'd, this is,
0: you this is get not right you'd get buried'd get completely buried yeah, completely it's out of the desert yeah, yeah. I guess that's it's, what indeed happened. yeah,
1: yeah um, but, I, the, but you I know have a
0: question go on. a question um, sorry to interrupt, but um what glasses did you wear? Sunglasses? did you have goggles? I never asked you about that
1: no so i didn't i wear uh they're a french mate i wear wraparounds oh, uh
0: yeah, but no I,
1: I didn't wear goggles to be honest with you because uh you i didn't the, the problem is yeah. they can steam up too easily yeah so, so sure. these ones they're, they're pretty tight fitting but there's there is still airflow uh yeah. so that's pretty good and i they've got interchangeable lenses so have got like a single wraparound lens. So I, I had the polarized lens, but also had a clear lens for when, uh, you know, for if I really after needed dark. it. Yeah. Although I don't think I did.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's but cool. yes, speaking,
1: yeah. speaking of after dark, the long yeah. day was a, the long day was 85k.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I, I was running Huge. for, how long did it, uh, it would be probably about eighteen hours.
0: That's a, a long day. After was, already, yeah, a few days. Yeah, that
1: was yeah, that was a long day. You know, that's it. It's your fourth day. You've already by that point we'd already run pretty much a hundred kilometers before we did the eighty-five k. Uh yeah. But you know what? Seriously, that it, it was. Apart from when it got dark, it was great. It was yeah. actually really good. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, about, you know, power hiking and just how, how important diversity of training had been because it was great. It meant I even later on in the day, sort of 60 Ks in, I could still strongly power hike when I needed to. Uh, that said, when the sun goes down, it's, it, it's pretty bloody awkward because you can only see so far ahead, so you don't know whether you're going to run through sand or whether you're going to go on a rocky plain or whether you're going to have to climb.
0: Yeah.
1: So was yeah, the weather clear? I was glad at night? when I could.
0: Could you see the stars and the it, moon? It was. Yeah.
1: It, you do, but of course it gets bitterly cold. Yeah. Because there's no there's there's no cloud cover. Yeah. So you know you, you you want to move as quickly as possible, not just because you're racing uh the but water because
0: escapes from the sand quite quickly, you know, like because there's nothing very, very quickly, yeah, nothing to hold on to it, so yeah,
1: yeah, there's no real substance to it, yeah. uh, that sounds a bit strange, but no it it yeah. doesn't you get very little heat raging up from it, uh but no, that was a good day, but the 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 best day for me was the last day, which was the marathon day, and that was yeah. that was really good, and I actually got my marathon p b on that uh on that last day so really i didn't know that
0: That, that's yeah yeah you're gonna do a road marathon now we're gonna send you yeah
1: yeah absolutely because that's it because i've never i've only ever done trail marathons uh, as part of my training so yeah it was yeah yeah it was it was really good it was really good and honestly the most amazing thing yeah i did and you know what i did yeah, I did, and I got to take my. It was tail. It was tailwind. Seriously, yeah. so I, I had, you know, tailwind as my running fuel. I Had freeze dried food, a freeze dried evening meal. Uh, oh, for for every morning, I'd mixed up uh, before I left porridge, sugar, and uh, milk powder. So every morning, I just mixed that with some water and had cold porridge. Tailwind as my running fuel. Absolutely brilliant. Then when I'd finish a run, I'd have a snack, which was I had one of the uh, cliff builders bars, they call them. Yeah. Which has got like 20 odd, 20 grams of protein in it, a load of carbohydrates and some, I'd, I'd put that mini cheddars for fat. Uh, and some trail mix all in the same bag. So I had a really yeah. good mix of macronutrients. And then, yeah, my evening meal would be cold, freeze dried chili or
0: spaghetti
1: yeah. bolognese or something it's, it's like that. Sustenance.
0: Uh, it just, it's keeping you, it's keeping you alive. And it was re- replenishing what you'd put taken out. Cause we really spent a lot of time talking about that, you know, um, getting your nutrition. Yeah right and in between days because like i said to you before it's not the first day it's not the second day like you see the first couple of days people can sort of fake it almost but it's like by the third or fourth day people sort of start falling off the cliff so to speak because they and haven't backed up haven't had food at night time as much
1: and and you know what it's 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 a, unfortunately you, you absolutely see that Yeah. You know, you see some guys that go out, uh, some, some, obviously men and women, you know, that go out, you can see pretty hard. And obviously there's a load of, you know, people, people drop out, you know, some, some people are helicoptered off the course. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, you know, a lot of people are violently ill. Yeah. You know, whether it's through overcooking it, Pace wise, or whether it's hygiene or something like that. But I mean, I know one guy who was exceptionally, uh, let's just say explosively ill oh. many, many times. And at the end, he had to be helicoptered off.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and he, and, and he, and he wasn't alone, you know. It. So it's, you do. Yeah, it is important. Yeah, the hygiene, but also the fueling and just yeah. structuring it. And I'm I'm so glad we did that half marathon disarmed and went to it the end of January where I was living off the race rations.
0: Yeah. Worked a train. And,
1: and, and just wasn't getting enough fuel. And seriously, my, my bag in the end, I think was just over nine kilos, the vast majority of it tailwind. And I was absolutely grateful for it. I mean, it got to the point by the end of the week I had a reasonable amount left because my paint, I was going faster than I anticipated, but I am so glad I had it.
0: Yeah, so, so glad. It's just a, yeah,
1: it was really good.
0: Nutrition is everything, you know, and, and like you can't fake it in a race like of this duration, you know, because you've got to back up day after day, and um, it, it ended yeah. up, you end up well just burying dig a hole in the sand out there, and. And, and never never return. Or or go and drink rat's yeah. blood like yeah, that yeah. guy did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have not to do nice. that. So yeah, you, you finished it. And you um, do you know what position you came? It's a pretty big field, isn't it? It's like uh, a thousand people.
1: Yeah, it was. So I think I was I was in the I was in the top twenty-five percent. Uh, I think my final position was I want to say two hundred and two hundred and sixty, something like that, I think, out of just over a thousand. And really it was really so I'll tell you a little story. So when we did our last podcast and you said, Did I did I have a feel for where I wanted to be in the field? Yes. And I did. I did, but I don't think I told you. Uh And I, 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 and this wasn't based on any science or anything, but I I thought I wouldn't mind being in the top 300. (laughs) That's not bad. You know, I was, I, I was nearly 50 and I was in the top 300. And, you know, I'm not particularly, you know, I'm not a competitive bloke. I'm only competitive against myself. But then the last night before the marathon stage, uh, I I hadn't looked at the leaderboard all week. So every day, when all the runners are in, they print off and then put it by by the medical tent, everybody's ranking. Yeah. And I I intentionally hadn't looked because I, I wanted to know, but I also didn't really want to know. And there's a reason why I got my marathon PB on the last day, because that, that night before, one of the guys from the tent came round, had gone, and he'd got everybody's position. And he said, Toby, you're in, and I think it was 276.
0: That's brilliant. And I was
1: like, <laughs> okay. So I just had this feeling, like, right, okay, so I'm inside 300, but there's still a day's racing left to go. And that's yeah. and that's why I, I opened it up on the last day. And yeah, I gained, I think it was, I gained 20 places or something like that in a day, but it was, I still remember now coming up the last rise, you know, probably about, let's say 35 Ks in. And then you come up on this rise and oh, I'm going to get emotional on that. And then you can, there's a long pebbly, stony plain. And then you can see in the distance the finish line, so this great big inflatable finish line and then yeah, you know yeah. that's it. And I just let rip this. Come on! I, I don't know where it came from. And then I heard clear as day, obviously in my head, but my daughter's voice, Poppy, oh. just saying to me, come on, Dad! Wow. And I just... Um, for me, anyway, absolutely yeah. blue.
0: Opened and up. And,
1: man, I sobbed like a baby when I finished uh, that, when I crossed that finishing I, line.
0: I, you never told me that. I, that's beautiful. Then, look, she didn't appear to you like Obi-Wan Kenobi style, did she? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
1: no, she no, she didn't. But it was definitely... It's, like it's that. funny that how your mind works, isn't it? Yeah. You know, especially when you you know a bit sleep deprived and food deprived. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, but, it was, it was great. And that that finish is something special, man.
0: But she, ah, oh, yeah. And I mean, she's a big part of your why. You know, why you do this crazy shit. And, she you is. know, and so yeah, you know, indeed. you've got a great relationship with your daughter. It sounds. um Do you mind if I share, or you want to share the news with people about? About your daughter, just as a side. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah. So I'm going to be a granddad uh, later on this year. So, yeah. yeah she and that's her cool. partner, Luca, are, yeah, uh, having twins. So, yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: It's so good, man. Yeah, and man, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, this, not, this is I'm all part of too. your journey because it's going to change your perspective a lot going forward because you, now there's going to be two new humans in the world that you're going to, you're going to need to get to know and, you know, and take care of yeah. um So yeah. that's awesome. Can't wait. Um, but, oh, yeah. um, so it should be good. Congratulations to Poppy and Luke. Oh, um, you know, from, Thanks, on, on their impending, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Should we warn them? Should we tell them? <laughs> no, not definitely easy. not. <laughs> no, not easy. But, does, she, does she know? that yeah. oh, Well, that'll be fine. <laughs> they
1: doesn't, will definitely yeah doesn't definitely. get up. but but yeah i mean i think yeah it was it was great to complete marathon tishab and then yeah get ready for the next one
0: yeah and then so that was um let's go back So that was in like end of march early april and then a few you had a few months between that to go to um to that other race that that fun run in the <laughs> in the alps the yeah UTMB. U-T-M-B. Yeah. Hundred and seventy yeah. something kilometers. And let's um so before we talk about that, so the training between MDS and um and U T M B, how would you characterize it in, in like short as possible? Would you say it was a good training block? Would you give yourself a, a decent score?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously the thing is it's it's just so drastically different and yeah from, I think you know, because UTMB, I, I can't remember how much vert we did. I think for Marathon des Sable, let's say it was 2,000 metres of vert in total. You know, it's nothing. So UTMB, obviously 10,000 metres of vert over the 172 kilometres. So it was great. Marathon des Sable gave me that really good aerobic base. But then so. from a specificity yeah. perspective, I think... It was great to get, to do, to do some alpine style training, you know, big, big power hikes, you know, and power hikes up, but also the running down. Yes. You know, and that was, that was key for me as well. And I think the most impactful element of my training for UTMB is that there's a mountain relatively close to me, it's the highest mountain in Wales
0: Runners, are you looking to improve your running performance? Do you want to push yourself to new heights and achieve your personal best? Then you need to try Threshold Running Threshold Running is a unique training method that helps you build your endurance, strength and speed. It's based on the concept of running at your lactate threshold, which is the point where your body switches from aerobic to anaerobic metabolism. When you run at your threshold pace, you train your body to become more efficient at using oxygen and energy, and that improves your overall running performance. It also helps you to delay fatigue and run faster for longer periods of time. But don't just take our word for it here's what some of our customers have to say about threshold running
1: threshold running has helped me
0: break through my plateau
1: and achieve my personal best i highly recommend it to anyone who wants to take their running to the next level thank you threshold running you're my hero hi I used to run Zone 2 all the time, but since I started using threshold running just a couple of times a week, I've seen
0: a significant improvement in my race times. I feel stronger and faster and more confident in my ability. So there you have it. If you want to learn more about how to use threshold running to your advantage, listen to the Trail Runners Experience podcast every week. And follow Distance Runners Unlimited on Instagram and Facebook. Or better yet, email coach Daniel at Distance Runners Unlimited at gmail.com. Threshold running. It kind of sucks at the time, but it makes you faster and stronger. Try it today.
1: You've got a long the walk that it, it starts off at about, I don't know, let's say 100 meters. And then you've got a it's six and a half kilometer climb to the top, at which point when you get pretty much 900 meters. So what I would do is I would go over there and I would power hike up and run down that three times in a day.
0: Yeah. Which um, the great, yeah. the
1: great thing there is how, how often do you get really long runnable descents of six and a half Ks? that for me was the big win
0: yeah absolutely i think it's um it, it's downhills and especially a race like UTMB, where it's really long climbs and then long descents you know and um it's really hard to train for if you don't live in an area that's got real mountains and obviously there are there's lots of ways you can to do your best you know short hill repeats or or obviously, strength training is helpful, but um, you know, being able to have those long climbs and get used to just being in the climbing zone, sort of mode for a really long time, you know, because some of those climbs can take yeah. hours, can't they? Like in UTMB. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah.
1: there's the this, 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 the the second big climb that you do at UTMB is, I think, and and it's it is just from start to finish the top i think it's 1500 meters of climbing yeah and it is ju- and it's at night so yeah. it's the second big climb and it is I, I can picture it now you know it is poles on it's cold and i mean it finishes you know you, you're two and a half thousand meters up so loads of people are coughing because the air is so much thin thinner up there yeah so, yeah you've You, if you're going to do anything like UTFB, you've just got to get in long, big power hikes and big runs downhill. Yes. They don't have to be fast runs downhill. Definitely. But you've just got to be, you've got to know that you can run, like I say, six and a half Ks for me downhill, some of it scarily steep.
0: Yeah. It's – um that's – yeah, I mean, you I think the biggest um thing with downhill running is it's all about getting the right dose. You know, training generally is basically – I look at it as like a dose prescription. Like you do too much of one thing, you OD on it, so to speak, and you can end up injured. And that's how you end up with these chronic running injuries. Um, but you – So downhill running, you can get a big bang for a very small dose. You know, you still, you don't have, so in other words, I would, my sort of adding on to what you're saying is definitely when you've got your fitness at a good level, start throwing in downhill reps and stuff. But I would still keep it at a ratio of about 80% uphill and 20% downhill. And you know, like so, i yeah. uh, still less downhill, but it's good. Um, and it was effective for you, and you felt strong uh, leading into the race.
1: Yeah, I mean that tra- that training block. I mean, it was. I think
0: because we made around. We flat were nudging well. a couple. There was plenty of flat. Oh right. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, mm. for sure. I mean, I think typically, I think at peak it was about 110, 120 kilometers a week, something like that
0: yeah we so nothing crazy, days, yeah. yeah there's a lot of weight yeah
1: well, yeah uh but you know of you know vast majority of that on the flat, my long runs I think were probably long trail runs, probably about forty five k's I think or something like that, but again, that would be at the end of a of a, of a big week you know, I would have run seventy k's by the time I was doing those, yeah, and it's and I felt strong, you know, the gym work was going well. You know, I I definitely, I, I was in Chamonix for the week before UTMB. And I remember definitely not confident that I could do UTMB. But I felt satisfied with the level of training that I had done. And that I was as strong as I could be going into the race. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Obviously, that doesn't mean you can can complete it, but I definitely, yeah, felt. I think
0: you were strong. And I think um because we were doing, a, you were running at a variety of intensities. You were doing some hard stuff. You are doing, I think, a lot. And I think one of the things is we weren't overloading you to the point of breaking you. Because if you had to stop and have two weeks off, then that would have been, you know, less than ideal. But yeah. Yeah, and, so, and that's all, as, as you know, that's my driving philosophy. Don't injure the athletes, you know. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's and, rule number one.
1: And yeah. the thing is, uh, we actually only had, I think it was three and a half months of training. Specific. Between yeah. Marathon de Saab and UTMB. So there was no, you know, there was, there. was I, I still had to increase my aerobic base even further. And get that specificity in. And there was no time for any injury.
0: No, you know, no.
1: and so yeah, I definitely, yeah, that, that, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I felt good in Chamonix that week before the race, I felt strong. And I've got to say, and if anybody gets the chance to obviously run in any of the UTMB races or to even be in Chamonix for that week, of UTMB races it is an amazing experience you know if you're an ultra runner you know you are I I guess you know we spend so much time on our own as ultra runners doing things that the vast majority of people think is absolutely stupid or at least madness I can tell you that week in Chamonix, yeah. you you know, it's like you are in your tribe. You know, our tribe doesn't come together very often, does it? Yeah. But there, you know, the vast majority of people there are either runners or supporting runners. You know, it's, it's still, there's still plenty of t- tourists who are there for hiking, but the whole town gives itself over to the UTMB running festival. And, you know, you are, mixing with so many different runners you know obviously it was great you know i was at the one night i'm watching a film about jim warmsley and i'm there with jim warmsley you know it, it, you, you know uh obviously francois dane wasn't running utmb but he was there, there in the town you know and you're just walking past these people and like holy shit oh my yeah. god you know and it was it's just an amazing, an amazing experience. And yeah, that UTMB start line. Yeah, it's, oh, in fact, I've got another story to tell you thinking about yeah. going back to the UTMB start line. So yeah. uh, I, on marathon, marathon to start with one day, the bloody desert gators, they curl the end of your trainers up a little bit. So at the end of the second day, I think it was, uh, my toes were mashed absolutely matched and i lost five toenails over the week but i'm there i'm in the medical tent
0: dead weight anyway
1: (laughs) exactly it makes me more streamlined yeah maybe uh (laughs) and there's no there's no time penalty for treating blisters so you're okay there's time penalty for ivs and any other medical attention but you know so i'm there and i get talking to this guy and he's a french guy he's spent time in australia so we had a bit of a chat and he's you know, injecting iodine straight for my blisters, and pulling off toenails, all that sort of Ugh. stuff. Anyway, he was going to be volunteering at UTMB. Like, well, you know, who knows? I might really bump into you, hopefully not in the medical tent. Anyway, fast forward to UTMB, you know, I'm sure so many of you of people listening to this have seen the start of UTMB and going down this funnel and the, the streets are just we're people either side yeah. anyway and i'm running along and and i ju- i've just got over the start line and I heard this guy shouting toby toby i looked across <laughs> no way and it and it was the guy from the medical tent at marathon disarbe he's um, like "You oh, remember oh, you. Bonchance, bonchance. i was oh. like holy shit you know and then you again you run through chamonix and probably for the first two kilometers the streets are lined with people with the cowbells and yeah. you know, everyone shouting allez, and Bonchance and you know, it's
0: what a vibe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, what a vibe. I can recommend it to anybody, even if not running, just, just go and there. soak up the experience because yeah, yeah, it's a big thing.
0: It's like the bloody yeah, I guess it's the Super Bowl or or the FA Cup final <laughs> yeah. or the I don't yeah. know. Australian equivalent would be the AFL grand final, all wrapped into one for run ultra runners.
1: It's a it, yeah. yeah, it's it's a big deal and it's great. So uh, tell me a bit more yeah, about the great.
0: race. So going, let's go, let's get sort of dig in a bit with the race.
1: Yeah. So again, I I felt I felt felt strong going into it, and I felt happy with my pacing. You know coming out it's hard not to get carried away you know at that start of the race obviously but i felt happy with the pacing uh and my fueling strategy was such that you know the runner's guide gives a breakdown of of what is provided at each aid station and i think once the world series final so you know that should be pretty good so i didn't you know i I had a bare minimum of my own fuel and and with we're running along and it's great, you know. This the obviously the pack thins out, out a bit, and it's good. The, the sun starts to come down, and, and it's good, and it's good enough. I'm feeling I'm feeling strong, and you you're talking to a few other runners, and stuff, and then got to the first aid station. Uh, just to clarify
0: um, for people too, sun goes down because you start at six in the evening. Is that correct? Six or seven?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's six.
0: Yeah. And, um, so yeah,
1: the, the sun goes down pretty pretty quickly afterwards.
0: Yeah, so you're still fresh when on that first night.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, although yeah, trying to get some sleep during the yeah. day before the race is a bit of a challenge. But yeah, you know, you, that's just one of those things. And and I can't remember where the first aid station was. Uh, and I started with. Uh, my own fuel, you know, I I had a couple of, I think I had two lots of 500ml a tailwind, but obviously it was going to be replenishing that during the aid stations. I got to the first aid station, which was liquid only, and uh, there was only uh, coke or water available, not any runner's fuel, and I didn't think much of it because uh, I had my own stuff, but when we got to the second aid station, and there was still no runner's fuel, and it was just coke or water.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that that's what—that's
1: when the wheels, that's yeah. when the wheels started to come off.
0: It started worrying you because,
1: yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know, it the the, the the runner's guide specified that at every aid station, at a minimum, there would be water. Coke and runners' fuel, as in, you know, Tailwind,
0: yes, right? Tailwind, yeah.
1: Uh, Morton, probably not Morton, but you know, infinite. Ah, you know, any anyway. great, <laughs> and, and it, it bloody would, uh, and and I don't drink coke, and of course, coke is not a sustained release ca- source no. of carbohydrates. You know, it's obviously a pretty ugly sugar spike, but it got to the point that I was having. No choice but to fuel off Coke. And so for the first, so imagine, you know, I, I don't drink Coke and imagine drinking the equivalent of a can and a half of Coke every hour for 20 hours, nonstop. Some people,
0: some people would love and, that, but um, no. <laughs> I know. You know.
1: Man, I, I was sick <laughs> as a dog. Yeah. And it, it got to the point that, and don't get me wrong, there were a handful of aid stations that had some runners' fuel, but it wasn't. You know, the volunteers do a brilliant job, you know, at all races. And let's face it, our race, our community, our runners, our, our sorry, our races couldn't exist with, without volunteers. But you know, I, I remember at the one aid station seeing them mix this runners' fuel, and there was just a sort of normal two kilo bag. Going into this great big vat of water, you know, just yeah. I, so I, I had to rely on running, running on coke.
0: What about solid food? Like what are the solid? Well,
1: food the, the, so the stop the solid food. It, it, I mean, it's the solid. You know, plenty of baguettes. You know, cakes, biscuits. But my problem was and I'm sorry to share this with everybody on that's listening. Is because I'm not used to coke. My mouth and my throat ulcerated. Yeah. So it it got to the point that I couldn't swallow solid food. And what I would have to do at the aid stations is get baguette, stuff it in my running vest, rip bits off, and wedge it up between my teeth and my gun and my cheek to try and get it to yeah, try and get it to dissolve. Because that was the only way I could swallow solid food. And obviously, there was no way I could. All that sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I I just. And again, there's the sugar spikes from the Coke, let alone the gas, because it wasn't even flat Coke. You know, they were just opening bottles of Coke.
0: They burped the (laughs) water. Oh,
1: yeah. And I I remember thinking maybe if I kept in all, all this burp and farting, I'd actually technically be lighter so it could go faster. I yes. had the energy but like, that. Yeah. like yeah. that
0: kid in um the the what's that charlie in the chocolate factory you can float up <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah so so in, in, increasingly i was not having the run that i had anticipated at all then i got to and, and, and i and i i'll be honest with you i thought i was i was doubting myself doubting maybe i just wasn't strong enough but then I got to call my air, uh, which is the only drop bag you get. And I had in there uh, strawberry milkshakes, uh, rice pudding, pancakes and stuff, like loads of really soft stuff. And I probably I spent too long to call my air. But I remember eating and drinking those. And when I came out, seriously, man, I felt I felt fine. I yeah. felt like, don't get me wrong, I felt I'd run a long way at this point in time. It's only about
0: it's halfway, isn't it? I think it's
1: only, uh, it's just under, it's only about 80 Ks in or something like that. Yeah. But I remember, and, and then you come out on a big steep climb and I just remember, I, I felt it was almost like this. Well, it was recharged. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, fuck, yeah. But then you're back to the Coke and I remember. You know, I would have to. I was mixing coke with water to try and make it more palatable. But of course, as you're running, it's fizzing. And I remember I would have to squeeze the the tops of my water bottles Ah. to let the gas out.
0: Yeah. Because I could,
1: I could feel my vest. I could feel them ready to split. You know, it's like holy shit. You know, and of course, you know, there's some big, big climbs. You know, and you know, it's a big race.
0: There's a, there are so, so many big climbs
1: yeah yeah, and then it, so eventually and I got to the point it was a, it was a big big climb and I remember I mean it was probably a bit better than this but it was almost like after every five metres I was having to stop to get my to recover it would have been more than that but not much more And I I remember, yeah, and this was the start of the second night, you know, and I just remember thinking, uh, I still, how's this going to work? How, how realistic? What, I I remember thinking, what, what, what can I do? What, what can change? What, you know, you know what it's like? If you, if you're out on the trail and you you start getting the pain in your legs, you think, okay, so it's like, okay, so what, what are my options here? You know and by this point, I'm struggling to drink water because my mouth and throat are so ulcerated i'm like it's like what like what 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 what, what can i do and i just i just didn't know and so I ran on a bit further by this point i've run i've been running well over twenty four hours but I've only covered 115 kilometers. I've done 115 kilometers and six and a half thousand meters of climbing. So it's not, it's still a big day at the office, but But it's just, no, it's not ideal at this point. You know, I wanted to be a lot further ahead by this point in the race. So I got to the next aid station and I just remember thinking it was the, the painful right thing to do to, to DNF. Yeah. I, man, I, I yeah.
0: You pissed off, you're right to be pissed off. Disappointed. What, you what? Know, disappointed you know, or angry? Damn,
1: the thing is it Man, I felt robbed. Yeah. I felt robbed. I felt I felt cheated. And I'm not saying I could have completed UTMB. I I know, but I just felt I didn't have the opportunity to give it my best because of the fueling situation. Yeah. And of course, you know, the small, the small print and the runner's guide says you have to be self-sufficient for the entire race. But, of course, you know, the logical extension of that then is, okay, well, you have to carry your own water. You know, yeah. I, I didn't feel it was unreasonable to. What is this? When they M- say there's going to be running fuel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and so I, so I felt, I felt robbed. And as, as you know,
0: it's pretty hard.
1: I I lost my faith in myself and I lost my faith in running ultras.
0: Yeah. It did for a Yeah. So it's, it's super disappointing. And I think I felt I, I, and I know you're going to disagree with me here, but I bear, I bore a lot of that responsibility because I felt like we'd overlooked that. I'd overlooked that. And like, because I, I guess like you, I just assumed there'd be a, a bountiful spread at the aid stations and there'd be, um, and perhaps some, for some people who like certain types of food, some people dig coke, but, um, it was a, a mistake, I guess, on my account. But, um, I, the way, the positive that I took out of it is that you made a good decision, um, a smart decision rather than drag on and, and, and dig a mm. deeper hole for yourself. But the other thing is, Dude, I know, we know what, this is a fixable problem. It's a very fixable problem because you know you were strong enough, you know. It's just, you got to find a way to take more food with you on that. I mean, it's sort of weird that nutrition was such a big part of MDS and it led to such success. And then it was the thing that let you down in this race.
1: Yeah. I mean, Dan, it's... First of all, you should accept no responsibility for this. mate. I always you know do. Anyway. Always you know, my do a th- little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I, thank
0: you. Yeah.
1: I think the thing for me, and you say about strong and you say about being fixable, we know as ultra runners, mate, it's not just about the bodies. It's about up here. This is where I lost it. Yeah. This is where, and I still remember now the conversation with you just before Christmas, still in a massive slump and, and actually saying to you that I thought the time had come that I I wasn't going to train anymore and yeah. that I was done, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I had obviously you, massive support, I had my family and my friends supporting me and I, you know, it's really nice that some people would say, well, it's fine, just, U, just do UTMB next year, yeah, but of course... Them not knowing just what it takes. And so, yeah, I was in a slump until, well, I went to the running show. There's a big running show in the UK in January. And you go along and it's great. And I bumped into a mate of mine there, Dave, who I hadn't seen for a long time, actually. In fact, very long time. I think since before UTMP, you know, and it was great and, you know, had a hug and all that. And, at This point in time, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't give a shit about ultras anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and
1: I was running just to, just because I just ran, you know, and it, I, he didn't realize at the time just what he was saying to me, but he just said to me, he actually referred back to this, the previous podcast. He said to me, how, how are you doing? I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, just whatever. And he said, just remember what you said in that podcast we endure and we just get on with it mm. he said don't forget that he said you inspire and you know i was filling up because he said toby you inspired me and the thing is you don't expect to inspire your mates because they're your mates yeah you know and he was saying you deserve it you deserve to get back on the horse and he said and then the last thing he said to me as he walked off he said and if you don't have another crack at utmb you are going to regret it for the rest of your life. And then just left. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, that was like,
0: like a lightning rod, man. Being
1: <sighs> slapped in the face. Yeah. And I could just feel seriously stood there. I could feel it well up inside of me. Like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in that fucking race. I don't know yeah. when it's gonna happen. But the journey back starts now. And man, it, it was, it was a beautiful feeling, a it's beautiful good. feeling. And right. I, the, owe him. I, I, I owe him. The tiger
0: yeah. was playing in the background, it was rising. <laughs> and then there was, there was a, a training montage of you running up hills and well punching, w- punching bags. The,
1: don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, after that, then, you know, I went to a talk with Dean Connazis and he, obviously he's a great yeah. guy, you know, and, and then you know, had a re- went to a really good talk with Sally McRae. She's a phenomenal athlete. I've got to say, you know, to everybody on, the... if you're listening to this, if She's you so lovely, want too. a role model, if you yeah. want a role model for your daughters, never mind the bloody Kardashians and all that nonsense. Sally McRae is a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal person. And I just bumped into her at the running show. Yeah, you know, I-, was-
0: I noticed that. And you, when you because you tagged a photo of her on uh, Instagram, and she's just like chatting to you on the in the comments, like she's a friend of yours now. You know, it's yeah, so cool. She's just
1: so lovely. <laughs> yeah, such a lovely person. So Yeah. So yes, yeah, so, and so now we're on the uh, yeah the journey back to UTMB. Not how either you or I anticipated it was going to be last year, but
0: it's, let's give it so another go, mate. Well, that's it, man. And look, we've you had your you've had your moment. You've had a chance to reflect on it, and you know, wise man once said, "There's no failures, just lessons." You know.
1: Yeah, don't know well you, said. I yeah, don't know who very that true. Wise
0: man was. Someone, someone wise, but um. <laughs> yeah, that, but,
1: but indeed, and it's it
0: is. yeah, you know, right. I,
1: again, yeah, and again, I, I, I'm definitely. I'm not saying if I provided my own fuel, I could definitely have done UTB. Because even though, you know, I've run 150 kilometers, six and a half thousand meters, you know, a big day at the office. I still had, you know, 65 kilometers left to run with three and a half thousand meters of climbing. So who knows what could happen? Yeah. But I know now, I know I can, I, I can get the physical strength for it. I now know that I've got the, I hope, the mental strength for it. And I know logistically I'm going to be carrying my own bloody fuel next yeah, time. That's for sure.
0: Question. So very quick, because well, I know we discussed this ages ago, like after the race, about you've sort of already kind of calculated how many sticks of, um, or how many tailwind sachets you would need wouldn't you to carry with you oh yeah 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 and, yeah, you, and you know the
1: thing is it's you know it's yes it's extra weight i don't care food weight you know, just start training with it yeah the thing is, make it seem it's just it's start training with it earlier
0: yeah
1: you know get used to you know and this is my big tip for anybody start training with your mandatory kit pretty early on i mean i don't know what your thoughts are on that as a coach but for me I figure if you if you were doing your training block and then a month out from your race start running with mandatory kit, all of a sudden it's extra weight. It's you know it's getting comfy. It's just yeah, yeah. it's not for me.
0: You've got so to. Um, if absolutely.
1: I'm going to carry, sorry, go on, mate.
0: No, I agree. You've got to. I always, I quite often prescribe to people. Okay, run like with seventy five percent of your. Race seventy five percent race kit or race weight even, and then maybe they get closer. It's a hundred percent of race weight. But my biggest thing would be, it's particularly on your long runs and maybe some of your shorter runs. But obviously things like speed work and that you don't want to carry that stuff. You know, you want to you want to be running fast. But yeah, carry on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's that's the thing now that I know I can plan my race strategy more effectively because i know obviously i ran a a fair a fair chunk of it i know again clearly no guarantees but i know that when the time comes i'm back in the utmb i can be even more prepared that's for sure and i know and the thing is part of the things that when i was in my slump i didn't I didn't know if I had it in me to just, you know, there's the races and there's the collecting the running stones to even get in the lottery. And there's, you know, it's a, it's a long journey, isn't it? To get to qualify for UTMB.
0: And
1: I didn't know if it had it in me, if I had it in me. And then, yeah, when I went, Dave, Dave spoke to me. Yeah. Of course, of course I've got it in me. We've all got it in us. Yes. You just, I can put your running shoes on, you get out the door, you do what needs to be done. Yeah. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. So, you know, I found out yesterday, I've got a place on Ultra Trail Snowdonia in May. That's two running stones.
0: That's 50K. I'm probably going to sign. Yeah.
1: It is, yeah, just the 50K. Yeah. Uh, and i'm i'm thinking probably go for the nice Côte dessert 100k in the south of france in, in september and then probably get and that'll be four running stones i think but certainly three yep. and then i might go for one of the majors in the ultra trail world series possibly the one in thailand in december nice so that gets that gets double the stones so that will be me obviously Fingers crossed I can complete these races. Then you
0: can apply Uh, to go in it.
1: (laughs) Then, exactly. Then I've got, you know, a fair few running stones to get in the lottery and keep our fingers crossed. And you know what? I'm going to keep on training and doing these races and getting the stones until I'm back in that race. And even if that means that I have my grandchildren waiting for me at the finishing line in whatever year to come, I don't care. I'm going to give it my best shot. man.
0: Absolutely. And, you, and you'll get there. And like, it's just a, I what I love is how much you've embraced the, that it is going to be a mission to get back there, but you've embraced that mission because if you, if you keep going, Oh, it's too hard. It's too hard. You'll never fully commit to it, but you've got to fully commit to it and go, I'm going to do this. It's going to be hard, but that's, what's going to make it interesting. And, Um, yeah, and I've been using this a lot lately. My my dad used to always say, and I'm not sure if I said it in last week's episode, but, um, he said, if you aim at nothing, you will hit that every time. So even if you don't finish, I mean, some like you you aim at things and other amazing things happen along the way. You know, it's what, you know, you're going to become a better runner, a smarter runner. You're gonna get fitter. You don't know. You haven't hit your your full potential yet. You know. I mean, I don't care. No, age, is, age is just a number. Like we're all can do bigger and better things, or faster, or more. In, you know, sure. it's wild. So just keep aiming for that. And I'm 100% certain that you're gonna be better prepared next time. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be just a fit, sure. and we're gonna have more food, and, um, and you're just gonna run. Damn. Yeah.
1: I think you know what I lost sight of is I I became. I mean, so much of my life is dominated by being an ultra marathon runner. You know, when you when you fail or when you perceive yourself as failing, you know it it knocks so much of your life. But what, what I actually lost sight of is the fact and you have said this to me so many times is the fact that the race race day is the cherry on the icing on the cake the real win is yeah. all those months of getting out the door all those hundreds or thousands of kilometers on the trails on the road in all weather that is the win that is at as ultra marathon runners that it that is our massive achievement yeah race day is if you're lucky a medal and some fun stories and i i lost sight of that i became too fixated on completing utmb
0: yeah absolutely man Yeah. yeah yeah and look i'm i'm really glad that you have taken that you know, the author Steve Magnus, who I know you're a fan of now, um I think I introduced you to some of his work. But one of the things he says, he did. You, know, you need to get used to being on the side of the mountain because if you're climbing for the peak, you're going to spend most of your time on the side of the mountain, and that's where training is. It's on the side of the mountain, both figuratively and literally, you know, in this case, because yeah. you're training for UTMB, but, like, it's sort of but- like You've yeah. got to, you've got to, you've got to be prepared for the climb and the climb is what takes longer than, you know, Imagine, I always think about people who climb Mount Everest and, you know, it takes all that time to get up there and that preparation Well they spend like 10 minutes if they get to the summit or if that enough time to take a photo and then go back down, you know, so all, and if yeah. like, if you can't find happiness based on that, on this singular outcome, then life, if, if life is just outcome to outcome for your happiness. Then life is gonna be a bit shit. You know, but if you enjoy yeah. the if you enjoy that the the bumps in the road and the and the undulations along the way, you know, it's far more interesting. You know.
1: And Dan, yeah, I mean the thing is, I've already mentioned this a couple of times, in that it, it means, you know, I still ran at UTMB the furthest I'd ever run. I ran 115 kilometers. With six and a half thousand meters of climbing, yeah, through the French, Italian, and Swiss Alps, I, I, I should, I, I, I should feel bloody hell, Toby, That was a job well done, but I was yeah. just too fixated on completing. So my hundred fifteen kilometers not you... mean nothing, and that's know, wrong, man. and that that is a failing on me.
0: Yeah, yes, and no, but also. Look, I'm all for. I'm right behind. If you're going to start this mission, we're going to finish it. Like I'm all for it. The process is fantastic, but I, there's, there is there a, is there's a lot of like it's okay to be disappointed about missing the outcome, and but it's also it's not okay to to take that as the final answer. This is what this is who Toby is. He's the guy that didn't finish UTMB. No, you're not. You're the guy yeah. who trained thousands and thousands of kilometres in training and who ran through the desert, who has done lo- like Like all those other things you did, they, they matter. That 115 kilometres of UTMB matters. So when you finish UTMB one day, you've got to tack on that 115 kilometres to the 170. So for you, it's going to be well over, it's going to be like closer to 300 kilometers worth to get yeah. that finish line. And I've done that. I remember my, my first 100 K was like that. I got 70 K's in and, and DNF'd. And then, oh no, maybe it was 65, but then the next year I went back and I'm like, right, that 65 that I DNF'd at, that's part of the same race. I'm just going to include that in my mind. So it just became like a, a suite of victory, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So it's really yeah, cool, definitely. man. You, you, um, yeah, it's good to see you inspired and, and sort of getting into that flow state again. You you um you have a unique we did we talk about the robot? Yeah, I think we did talk about the robot last time. When the robot comes out, it means that Toby's in a flow state. So <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and, get- it's, and you know what? I missed that. Yeah. When I was in my slum, I I missed that part of it because And again, to anybody else listening, you know, there'll be times when you just think, why am I doing this? What's the point? You know, just get out there. Keep on running. Keep on doing it. Keep on training. Don't lose faith. Because I know all runners listening to this, whether you're ultra runner, road, whatever, you will have had those times where it's like you can feel the hairs coming up on your head or the back of your neck. You will have yeah. those times where everything just flows. You know, remember those times they are precious and they are magical. You know I mean? And that is why we do what we do, you know, so just keep on plugging away. And for me, yeah, it's that machine of just when well, I just get out there and just turn it on and just do it. But that. It's an amazing feeling, amazing feeling. I love running. I fucking love running.
0: <laughs> Brilliant! And you know what? Perfect spot to end this this amazing conversation, man. I love running. That that put that on your put that on the man's tombstone. He, <laughs> he loved running. Well said. He, he loved running. When this is when you're 120 years old, you know, and you've finally well said when you've finally decided to uh, stop running, and then you die the next day when you're 120. that twenty. That'd be all right. That's about. I could live um, with that. No, nah, Tobes, I can't wait, and I'm sure everyone else can't wait to so coming up in the next episode of the Toby Durnell Experience, we're going to see how this thrilling trilogy comes to an end. So we're, we're, we're leaving on a cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed for me, everyone, please.
0: For reels, man. Alright. Cheers, Toby. Thanks, mate.
1: Cheers. Bye.